I'm Sam Seitels, and you are listening to The Pillars of Hamilton. Some upcoming guests I have are Dan Morrow, Trisha Donio, and I cannot tell you, I have a mystery guest. Oh, go ahead and guess. Take a good guess on who you think it is. It's going to be a special one, and that special one will start off our new year. But in the meantime, please welcome my friend, Kristen Ezzi. Uh, if you're anything like me, you found out on Facebook that Kristen survived thyroid cancer. And after you gave her well wishes and after you felt so happy for her, you thought to yourself, wait a minute, Kristen had thyroid cancer? I had no idea. And I saw her throughout the summer when she would drop off her kids. We talk all about it in this conversation. And then we talk about the awesome stuff she's doing with the Girl Scouts here in Hamilton. And eventually we get super silly with the chat pack. Kristen, so happy you're well, so happy you are a guest. You rock. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Kristen Ezzi. You're listening to the Pillars of Hamilton. That's with me, Sam Sidetells. And you want to know what I'm going to give them? Only the finest that Hamilton has to offer. The biggest blueberries you've ever seen, baby. And they're all here, right now. So you've listened to the podcast before. I have listened to the podcast before. Okay. And you think it's evolved? I do. I think the way you handle it's evolved. I think that you, it's almost like the people that you're interviewing later, it, the people you learn from at the beginning, right? Like they've given you information, you've had the questions prepared, but you've also learned how to get more out of them mm. with what they pose. And I mean, I like listening to you. From the beginning to the end. I haven't listened to everyone. I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of them. There are a lot of them. So, but thank you. But a lot of my friends, you know, of course, and then some people I'm like, oh, they're an interesting person. I know that name. Who are they? What do they do? Yeah. And I'm not making it for everyone to listen to every single episode. It's not one of those things. It's kind of like, oh, that sounds interesting. I'll listen to that. Yeah. And, you know, this week, maybe I'll skip it. I don't know. But the fact that you're listening makes me happy. Yeah. Especially. Especially, I mean, it's funny you're mentioning this because I thought about it earlier today. I've never thought about like, oh, am I evolving as a podcaster? But uh, earlier today, I had to do our research, my research for your episode. Uh And I went back, way back to this old show called the Camp Tuscaloosa podcast. (laughs) And I listened to a superstar named Sienna Ezzi. Oh, that's my girl. Did you happen to listen to that episode? Of course I did. That was actually the first one I ever listened to. The first? The first podcast. Just in general? Podcast? No. I mean, I've listened to podcasts before, but yours. Oh, okay. You started. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was listening to that. We'll get into Sienna because that was incredible on her part. On the other hand, I was listening to that and talk about an early podcaster. <laughs> like I was like, whoa, that's what I sounded like four months ago. <laughs> so, yeah. Absolutely. But I appreciate the encouragement. Yeah, keep it going. Yeah. We enjoy it, for sure. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed it so much. I mean, I get to have someone like you, who I've always thought was super cool. And I've always uh, been interested to find out, like, how do you have such an awesome family, the stuff you do with Girl Scouts. But it's like, when I see you, it's for five seconds when you're picking up your kids. That's <laughs> no, true. So this is giving me that opportunity. I'm excited to yeah. chat, too. Um. Are you okay with starting off with the heavy stuff on this episode? Sure. Because I didn't know anything about it. In fact, I saw you during these difficult times, and I didn't know. I couldn't 
see a difference. Can you explain exactly what you had? Like, what is the diagnosis? So it was uh, papillary and follicular thyroid cancer. Um, they suspected it was papillary, but the follicular was a, you know, added bonus. So, but it wasn't cancer that they initially thought it was. I was treated for a thyroid condition since 2011. After I had Sienna, it's about six months. I like put on all my weight. I was all puffy. I was an emotional wreck. And um, went back to my OB, and she was like, let's do some blood work. Tested my thyroid, and my numbers were actually 237, and they should be no higher than six. Wait, what? Yeah. Wait, 237? Mm -hmm. And they're supposed to be at six? What does that mean? What does six mean? So that's your TSH level, and essentially that's like the point in which your thyroid is functioning properly and producing the correct hormones. Um, so your endocrine system controls most of your body, really. But your thyroid particularly is its kind of like the basis. It's emotional. It's your weight. It's your metabolism. It's obviously one and the same. But it controls a lot. So many things. Your hair growth, your hair loss, you know, your puffiness, your, um, you get real skinny sometimes. But I had an underactive thyroid. So okay, so the higher the number, the more underactive. Correct. Okay. Yeah, opposite of what you would think, but yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you said uh, that number, I mean, that's like a a number that I'm having trouble comprehending. My doctor's too. So she set me up with an endocrinologist in 2011. Like the next day I went for an appointment. He did all these tests. They tested my pituitary gland. They thought my pituitary wasn't functioning with a number like that, but everything was fine. How are you feeling at this point emotionally? A mess. I mean, there, and I didn't even know, like I knew something was wrong. But I didn't really know. I thought it was like severe postpartum at first. I'm like, all right, I'm six months out. I put on my 50 pounds again. What happened? So then, you know, I was a mess. But they they found the um, cause, obviously, being my thyroid. I was treated with Synthroid from, I still treated with Synthroid. But in 2017, I said, let me switch doctors. Let's just go somewhere closer. And I did. And he did a thyroid ultrasound. And, um... Actually, the the short version of it is that I didn't get a call on it. I was supposed to go back for a six-month appointment in March of 18. I didn't. Um, I rescheduled it, and then I kind of pushed it off. I didn't actually go back until July. And he said, hey, can you bring your ultrasound films? So I went to see him in September of 17, didn't go back until July of 18. And when I brought my films, he didn't like what he saw. He's like, this is a pretty vascular nodule. And the report that was presented to him didn't really say what the nodule looked like. What's a nodule? It's basically just a, a ball of, well, mine was all vascular, it was all blood. So a nodule's just like a growth on your thyroid. It's a growth. Mm-hmm. And a growth is more dangerous if it's vas- vascular? Yes. There's a higher percentage that it's cancerous if it's more vascular. Okay. At least in the thyroid realm that I'm familiar with. Yeah. Yeah. So did another scan. It didn't change, um, but said... I don't really like what I see. Let's do a biopsy. So in November. Well, okay. This, because here's the thing about doing this interview with you. Mm-hmm. I feel very lucky to be able to have this conversation with you because these are conversations that I would be nervous in any, any other circumstance. Like, is it appropriate for me to ask these kinds of questions? So, you know, I, but obviously you're here and you're willing to share the story. And mm-hmm. I feel so lucky about that. And for many reasons, for one, 
Oh, we care about you. I, I, I was researching your Facebook, the hundreds of posts people put under your news. I mean, you are very loved, so we were very worried about you. We didn't even have time to worry about you. We just found out you were better before we found out you were hurt, and we'll talk about that. But also from the aspect that, like, we have our own fears. Like, we are all mortal, and it would just be great to be able to ask you these kinds of questions and find out what your experience was like, not just... Um, on paper, but like the deep emotions that you probably felt throughout these. So, so you're getting these tests, you're hearing these doctors say these things. What's that like? Um, surreal, right? Like the first thing was like, wait, what? Really? You don't like that? What do you mean you don't like that? Okay. And then it became like, all right, just got to kind of sit back and let it work its process. Cause at this point I didn't know for sure. You know, I, there's a lot of cancer in my family. So hearing that word wasn't like, oh, my God. You know, it was like, oh, God, because it was more like it's possible. Thyroid cancer is not my family, but any kind of cancer, many cancers are. So I'm like, oh, all right, let's just go with it. And your initial thought is like your kids, your family, like, oh, my God. But but the thing is, thyroid cancer, if you're going to get any type that's the it's one to get? The exact one you want oh, to get. Oh, really? For sure. Absolutely. It's like 98 point and change percent. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, that's... Absolutely. Uh, there's so many, so many worst kinds and so many worst things out there. So, like, through it, while I was like, what was me? Not going to lie. At the beginning, I'm like, why, why, why? It turned into, like, this could have been so much worse. I could have had to do so many different things. And, mm. and I just felt grateful. That mm. I didn't, you know, because some of my close friends went through it and, and different kinds and different types. All, all here in Hamilton, former Reed moms. I mean, I've spoken to some of them. It's like we're, we're so young. We are way too young for this I kind know. of stuff. I know. Absolutely crazy. But, yeah, I mean, emotion-wise, you know, I was a roller coaster, you know, but I knew that there was an easy light at the end of the tunnel. How, how long was the low? Hmm. I feel like it was... Probably until, when did I have it removed? December 10th of last year. My thyroid was taken out and then the stabilization. So probably like a good two months. So until I got like the confirmed diagnosis, probably like November, December. And then once it was out, it was a relief. It wasn't over yet, but it was a relief. Mm. So the low was probably the two-month period. But the growth and the change that you go through, like it just puts something in your head like, I could have not possibly made it through this. Let's learn, learn about it. Let's learn how to vocalize it to others. Let's learn how to, you know, at least talk about it. Because I'm not one to love to talk about my emotions. But, you know, I actually went to a therapist and I was like, what, a, you know, help me through this. Who I had seen before. But, um, you know, she was really like my clutch outside of family and friends. You had a good therapist. I did. She's great. That's fantastic. Yeah, I haven't seen her in a while, but she's great. <laughs> so, yeah, I always wondered about that because you you come off, you come across, I don't mean, I don't know you that well, but what I know of your family, who I, I seem to know pretty well at this point, mm -hmm. I've known them for years, um, is that you have this really positive outlook on life, and uh, you just seem like someone who's living for their family and for the day. And I wonder what someone like that gets from something like this. Like, you know, there's people who, you know, take things for granted in life. I don't feel like you were that kind of person 
I always feel like people who take things for granted, once they have this kind of experience, they're like, okay, for now on, I am doing this. But someone like you who already was taking advantage, did it change you in certain ways, though? Uh, it did. I mean, I think it's still changing me in a way. And I say that because it will be a forever process, just like an always a scan. So, so what I've learned about myself through this process, essentially, is that I am a lot stronger than I thought I was. You know, like... Really? Yeah, I'm really good at... If your arm's falling off, I'll be there to help you sew it on. But if it's mine, <laughs> forget it. Yeah. So... Really? Are you... How do you deal with shots? Are you good with shots? I'm okay with shots. Okay. Yeah, I, I kind of had to be because I could blow work so much. Now, for the, since 2011, uh-huh. I have to, like, needles and okay. shots. But I... Before, but, like, you're talking about if you get, like, a real banger, you just can't handle yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> when it's me, I'm like, oh, my God, it's over. You know, so my my initial gut, though, even though I am positive and portray that outwards, I'm like, oh, my God, this could be bad. Like, I go I go to a bad place before I go to a good place. Does that make sense? Like, it's like, oh, my God, I have cancer. Like, what's going to happen? So I knew in my mind I had to start to put pieces together in order for me to feel better about it. Does that make sense? No, that makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I, but yeah, the stronger part for sure. And then... I, I guess I've learned to be more appreciative for, I feel like, a lot of things that I didn't, you know, like every day is a, is a gift, right? And that's what everyone says. And right. People all say that. that. Blah, blah, blah. People post like, it every day. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you're like, I know it's a gift. But when you when you go through something that you know that someone else is fighting harder to beat, you really just are like, okay, this is, I need to focus on the good in anything and everything. So, like, one thing I do now, if I have a really bad day, um, I kind of s- switch it up and write down three things that m- I'm grateful for. Really? And that's something I've started to do in the past, like, six months. And, like, whether it's at work at my desk or whether it's at home or I'll put it in my phone in, like, a note. Like, if, I'm, if it's one of those, like, bad days, I'm like, all right, you got to take it back. Take it back to where you were, feel how you felt last, you know, November, and be grateful. Because it could be worse. Yeah. Is that a little trick you learned from the therapist? No. Actually, someone, it was something, someone put it on Facebook, like one of the, you know, write three things you're grateful for every day. And I was like, no. (laughs) And then it popped in my head one day because I was really like, how do I snap out of this? Like, I got to really realize, like, where I was and where I am. Like, you know? How come nobody knew about it? I am not like put it all out there. I put it all out there after it was over in the hopes of someone learning something from it, whether it was someone who may have a thyroid condition, someone who just needed, I don't know, to know. Like some people saw me with, you know, the scars on my my steri strips after surgery. Mm. Um, My scars, not that noticeable, but at the beginning it was. Am I looking at it? Is that what I see? Like I see a little line, you know, it's. Not, it's hardly noticeable. Yeah. Well, it was a shriveled up piece of nothing when she took it out, pretty much. So she was like, oh, yeah, it's an easy incision. But, um. <laughs> right to the yeah. throat. Like, I know. It's a little cut to the it, throat. It was, eh. Yeah, it was so weird. So that was the first time I was ever under, under, too. So, oh, really? Yeah. It was, it's freaky. Good times. You've been yeah, under. A few times. I've, this year I've been under. Yeah. 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 It's good times. Uh, it's yeah. weird. But anyway, um. Yeah, so, you know, I just kind of have been rolling with it. Like, I'm just... 
You're such a rock star. I try to just be happy. You know what I mean? Like it's. But that's what I'm saying is when I <sighs> saw you in summer camp, I always I'm such a fan of your family. You know this. You know this, right? Mm. Have I made that clear? I know. I do know. Thank okay. you. And they love you just as much. So. Oh, that makes me We're happy. Good. <laughs> good. That makes me happy. But when I saw you, you looked just as happy as ever. I mean, I'm good at putting on a good face. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like, there yeah. were terrible days. And, yeah. you know, my husband will be the one to tell you. My closest friends will be the one. You know, they, they really knew what it, I was going through. Yeah. But to always have it in your mind and to make it kind of control you, like, wasn't what I wanted. I feel like, I, honestly, in my past as a child and as an adolescent and even in my 20s, I kind of let my emotions drive me always. Like, I was very, like, my emotions tell me what to do. Yeah. And I did I've one day learned just click, to kind of trying to learn to rein that in in my 30s. I think that's what 30s are for, yeah. right? Uh, 30s are the best. <laughs> so far, they've been good to me, yes. For me, too. <laughs> it's a lot more, I know who I am now. Yes. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> and that's huge. Okay. So, what is this treatment? You, you were radio. Active? I totally was the superhero. You yeah. like the Hulk over yeah, here? I was. And I'm that's gonna keep you happy. <laughs> Better. I flip tables. Oh my God! Yes, ma'am. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's how it was explained to my kids. So it was a pill. I went to um, a facility in Vineland. I took a pill and drove myself home with my gloves on because you can't touch anything. So all it your seeps s- out through the pores. It does. Oh your sweat pores. Your every every bodily fluid it can come out of anywhere so yeah and five days spent in my house arms distance away from anyone and my kids stayed at my in-laws thank god for that people delivered food i had a fruit tray dropped off i had the girl scouts deliver me food friends checking in if if the world if the world of hamilton knew like if i knew like if everyone (laughs) you would have had we would have annoyed you. There would have been too much, for sure. I'm sure your people love you here. It, it's, it was so sweet. It really was. But, yeah, I mean, I watched Game of Thrones. I never watched <gasps> it with my husband, ever. Did I you watch the whole thing? The whole thing, yeah, all seasons. Even that conclusion? Yes. Mm. The, yeah. Uh-uh. yeah, we won't talk about that. No, no we won't. Okay. No. And so you are just glowing. Yeah. You are just radioactive. Yeah. And then just over time, this does the trick, and you are... The most potent you are is the first day, and then it kind of eases out, and then they scan you again, make sure you're not running around contaminating anyone, and then mm. they cut you loose. And then it pretty much stays in there for a while, but the goal of the thyro- um, the ablation is to kill any thyroid anywhere else in your body. So, like, if they didn't get it all in the surgery, if it moved any of your, your lymph nodes, any of your thyroid cells, thyroid, thyroid cells are jumpers, too, so they can move. So, like... What? Yeah, they could travel. Like when they took that out, it could have traveled. So anywhere in your body, that radiation just kills it. That makes sense. I mean, because it's connected to like everything, mm-hmm. right? So even the bad through. cells. Yes. Okay. So and then they and then they do a um, another body scan, and then they just make sure they don't see any other spots. The only thing that should light up is your throat, which, thank God, that's all that did light it up for me, because that's just all the remnants of what was in there before. Mm. But everything else was clear, so I go back and. Six months? Yeah. And uh, and then I'll do another follow-up. And then, like, there's work. just follow-ups, like, every, every year, year after that? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, yeah. she's back, people. Oh, yeah. You didn't even know she was gone. Don't call it a comeback, but she is back. 
Ah, one of the best moms in town. Uh, I know a lot of moms in town. One of the best right here. Well, thank you. That means a lot. Can we talk about, and I can't, it's so sad that I can't even say the word because this is a family show, but can we talk about F-U-C-K Cancer? The found, is it a foundation? Is it, what is that? I honestly, I don't know. It's just a thing. But you, you like put a hashtag. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, because it is. Just is it just a, it's not like a foundation or a charity? I, if it is, I don't know about it. I just, <laughs> I just F cancer. I've been F in cancer since I was, <laughs> since 1998. Ha- hashtag F cancer. Okay. Yeah, no, it's not anything that, I, I don't know. That's a really good question. I'm totally going to Google it. I figured it was uh, some something. kind of charity raising money to whatever. No, it might be. Yeah, I, I've been listening find out. ever ever since speaking to Elena Lombardelli, and um, I've been uh, reaching out to Tiffany Bendig and talking to you. I've been like really researching it, and it sounds like it's going to be like AIDS, where it's this awful thing happening now, and then just like AIDS is today, it's going to almost be irrelevant in X amount of years, which is definitely in our lifetimes, like early in our from here on out. Like I think like in the next decade. That's what they're saying. And how nice would that be? That would be amazing. That would be so amazing. Uh, yeah. And those girls you mentioned, rock stars too. Oh, my God. Are they not the best? <laughs> they are the best. And that's what also I'm thinking is, like I said to Lisa the other day, I'm like, how is this happening to the nicest moms that I know? <laughs> All three of them. I don't know if there's others. I hope there's no others. But the three that I'm thinking about are incredible mothers and people. But I'm a, you know, I'm a teacher, so I'm a big fan of the good mamas out there. And you guys are them, for sure. Well, thank you. So what we're going to do, we're going to go to a commercial break. Sounds great. We'll be right back, peeps. You know, studies show that, uh, first of all, millions of people listen to the Pillars of Hamilton. But studies have shown that many of them are mothers. So for you people, I had to invite someone straight from the Mother's Club, please introduce yourself. My name is Helen D'Augustino, and I am currently the Vice President of the Hamilton Mother's Club. And I just wanted to talk to everyone about um, becoming involved in our club. We have one meeting a month, and it turns out really to be a mom's night out. Um, we meet over at Rocco's at 8 o'clock, and um, we plan events um, for the community, for our kids, for ourselves, and uh, it's really a good time. So wait, what is the criteria for someone to join the Mother's Club? Just be a local mom. That's oh, it. Wait, so you're saying I, I can't... I... No, unfortunately, no, Sam. Oh. <laughs> and you're sitting in the same chair that was sat in by the tiger herself, Sienna Ezzi. You remember that episode? Of course. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about, look back at the Camp Tuscaloosa podcast. Do you remember what the title of it was? Oh. Ooh, I'll post a link to it. It's We're just a. To find it. You could hear me in my early days, and she. Thank goodness I had Sienna and uh, Elena uh, Sacco on uh-huh. there. Yeah, and she was awesome too. Yeah. I was listening to to it today, and I was like, they are great, aren't they? Yeah. Yes. The way she spoke about you too, and uh, and tell me about Tiger Girl. What is that? She showed up like three years ago. Um, she is this fictional character that Sienna created, and loves to talk about and incorporate into everything. There's pictures of Tiger Girl on her wall. She starts different stories and then she'll incorporate Tiger Girl somehow. She was a tiger for Halloween two years ago. She's just Where did that come awesome from? superhero. I don't know. She just she just felt there was more girl superheroes needed and 
out came Tiger Girl. She's going to be a creative writer one day. I I would agree with that. Yeah. An art, she's going to be an artist of some types. Writing, drawing, something. She's yeah. my creative spirit. Yeah. Do you remember the part when she spoke? What were you going to say? No, I was going to say she's, she definitely doesn't get that from me. <laughs> <laughs> You're not creative type? No. What about her dad? Does she get it from him? He's more of the music. and Yeah, he's not like artistic or anything. So she's like but the first one was, who's like coming together and, and coming up with great ideas yeah. and stuff. Yes. That is awesome. Her imagination's awesome. Yeah, no, I was shocked when we were talking about it. And she was talking about like this backstory and the comics she's making for it. And she said she's writing a story. I don't know if that's happening or not. Is it happening? She's probably written about 10 short stories since okay. that podcast. Yeah, but she has a... The, did you ever see the Ill Stories? No, you what is kids. that? So you can actually buy it. It's called Ill Story. And you buy it and your kids make the book and they send it out and they publish it. Ill Story? Ill Story. Oh, can you send me a link? Um, it was a gift, but yeah, I'll okay. shoot you the information. Oh, mm-hmm. hook me up. Yeah, it's cool. Oh. They make their own books, and then it's like... Well, I have a deal with her that uh, I was going to read and, uh, you know, give her my... Because I used to teach creative writing, so yeah, I would love the honor of reading her work. Prior to it being published, absolutely. All right, very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you, I have a question, do you also work for the mayor? At the alley, I do, You yes. do? You work for the mayor, the people's mayor. I do. Did you hear my interview with him? I actually did not. Oh, how dare so you? Sorry. Do you know what he did in that one? I've only mentioned it 30 times on this podcast. No, but now I'm going to have to go home and listen to it. But yeah, please tell me. He, um, <clears throat> he told me that I am a Hamiltonian. Oh, Oof. wow. He's never even told me that, and I've been here longer than you. Oh, <laughs> you need to have a little sit down with him. I do. Yeah. I, I was just, I was shocked. I was, I told him I was not expecting those words for at least a decade, maybe <laughs> two. So, but it comes from the mayor. I mean, you know. It's official now. Is that official? I think it's totally official. Well, there you go. <laughs> so what's it like working for the mayor? It's great. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm there. I do parties when they need me. So if you have a party like in our back room, the 1952 room or the front room, the gutter. So it's a private party. So when he has them, he says, hey, can you work? And I say, yeah, you're nay. And. When we're there, it's great. Runs a tight ship. You know, you feel like you want to work well because he, you know, has good expectations. Very clean, very organized. Um, I don't know. It's just a good atmosphere to be there. I love it. It's it's like my break. You know what I mean? Is that? I think I do know what you mean. Like, it sounds like a fun job. It is. Yeah. What kind of stuff do you do? I just, I surf. So um, I'll do like the banquets and stuff. You know, just do regular, fill people's drinks, clear their plates. That's, wait, what'd you call it? You surf. Surf. Serve. You surf. Sorry, surf. Oh, surf sounded so much cooler. <laughs> so I would definitely get fired surfing. for surfing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mayor Steve doesn't put up with surfing. No, 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 no. no, no. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, but that sounds like a fun job. Yeah, it must It be. is. I see everyone. Like, you know, three kids, you know, four kids. You don't get out much, as much as you'd like anyway, right? So when my husband switched jobs two years ago, I said, let me find something else. Just to pick up extra money because his job got him closer to home, which was the goal. Family man, right? And that's awesome. But I'm like, well, let's make up some of that money. Let me just waitress a little bit or something because that's what I did. Waitress bartended all throughout, you know, high school, college. Um, And then found him. So, yeah, it was actually Amy um, Hagen who... You're talking about PE Teacher of the Year? Yes, I am. Got to get her on the show. She ignored me. 
Come, come on my show, Miss Hagen. Oh, she's wonderful. She's the best. I know my my son loves her class. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because I had no connection at all at the alley, and then I just said, "Let me see," and I randomly texted Amy, and I said, "Hey, do you know if Steve's hiring at all?" And she was like, "Actually, he just they just posted on their Facebook page like two days ago," and I was like, "No way!" So it was two years now. So that's your fun. It's so funny, isn't it? Funny that like. When you're a parent and you're working this hard, your fun has to be like kind of like another job. Another job. <laughs> but it's so social. You know, that atmosphere is great. You know what I mean? Like, What's it like? I've never had a, seen a party or been to a party at the alley. They're awesome. The rooms are beautiful. So like when you walk in, instead of going in the bowling alley or the restaurant, there's a room off to the side and then the um, to your right. And then the front room where that screen porch is, that's another party room. So you don't see it. The goal is for it to be separate. Oh, um, you know, has its own bar inside. So you can hire a bartender. So sometimes I'll work with someone else. Otherwise, I'll just do your banquet. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's a great vibe. And like I said, I see everyone. And half the time, the parties I'm doing are for someone I know. Or Do you know everyone in town? You've been here for a while, right? <laughs> a little under 15 years. Yeah. How'd you get here? You have no family here, right? I don't. They're all far away. You're a rare species. How did you get here? Wait, you and me are the same. We are. Isn't it bizarre? It is. Well, I want to know how you got here because mine's very specific. Uh, yours has to be too, right? It's, I think, more coincidental than anything. Just I, coincidental. I was dating a guy in college who was from Northfield. And um, I loved it down here. Didn't work out with him. And then I moved to Mays Landing, which is, what, 20 minutes from here, right? Right. And my husband was my next-door neighbor. Your husband was your next-door neighbor while you were dating this man? No, I wasn't dating. No, I was already split. Oh, you guys were split. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, like we were. I moved out on my own, moved into a studio apartment in Mays Landing, uh-huh. and Chris was my neighbor. Chris was your neighbor. Yes. Good neighbor. A good neighbor. Kept the music yeah, down. He, was, he did. He was actually cool. I was there first, and he moved in a little later. He caught my eye a couple times, and the, truthfully, though, the the <laughs> the one night I was hanging out at a friend's apartment, and I see the guy that I'd been scoping a little. With his dad carrying, like, wine bottles. And I'm like, Ooh. what is that? Oh. Right? So, of course, I'm like, hey, it's a perfect opportunity. <laughs> I like wine. I think I was drinking wine at the time. <laughs> um, and so, come to find out, his family makes homemade wine. So, that was it. And that was kind of like the icebreaker for us. Mm. And then, yeah. Yeah, here you are with your coffee. I know, I know. Right? You went back and forth, though. You were thinking, well, maybe beer, maybe coffee. You want with coffee? I want, and it's Monday though. Like I'm kind of like, oh, it's Monday. All yeah, right. but okay, okay, it is Monday. But let me tell you something. Your little night out, uh, how you have to have it at work. I have to have. This is my night out right now. <laughs> I am having my beer. So people, if you don't know this, I live at a preschool. I think most of you probably know that. So um, I take people to this shed. Which, at first, I say things to, like, Christy, like, hey, we're going to a shed. And she's just like, what? <laughs> but I take you here, and it's all right in here, right? It's like, great in here. I love it. Thank I you. I love it so much. It's My kids, my Sienna probably loved it. Yeah. It's great for adults and kids. Yeah. For sure. No, it's cool. Yeah, it's so, very you. Oh. Like, I feel like, you know, you're you're animated. And, like, so the colors are loud, and you have your su- superhero stickers on. I, I come across like this room, huh? In a good. This is a good thing. Oh no, I, I love this room. Yeah. So I'm taking that as a compliment. Like good energy and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. What would your room look like? 
It would be blue. Not for emotional reasons. <laughs> but just because <laughs> blue blue is a calm um it's a calm color. So mm. I I'm trying to focus on calm because I'm very not calm. You're not calm. No, I'm very like yeah. Your head spinning? Oh, yeah. All the time. A million miles an hour? All the time. Not now, which is great, but yeah. <laughs> Always going. Did you think you would be spinning in here? I was a little nervous. Yeah. Yeah. But then I'm like, once I sit down and realize, I'm like, it's Sam. And we're just talking and we're just, catching up. Just like chatting. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So blue, because I'm focusing on being calm. But if it was my personality now, mm-hmm. it's going to be kind of loud. It's going to be like a fuchsia. A fuchsia? Uh, yeah. I'm going to Google that later. You don't know what color fuchsia is? I have no idea of fuchsia. Like pinkish. Okay. But like a bright. Like neon? Mm, no. no huh? It's like a, yeah. Well, no. No, darker. Like a mm. darker bright pink. I'm learning so much. I know. Sorry. I'm not. <laughs> told you I'm not artistic. I know the color by looking at, like, in my head I can see it. But I'm like, I don't know. It's All just right. a shade of pink. <laughs> so, okay. And what's in there? Definitely sunflowers. Um, a nice cheese. You are a sunflower person, aren't you? I love sunflowers. They're my favorite flower. Oh. I see it. I see it. Um, definitely a cheese lounge because I got to chill. Um, probably (laughs) a notebook. Um, and then lots of, I would probably say like nature-y pictures. Like, like I said, I'm trying to focus on the serene part of me, so I'm trying to just surround myself with that serene. Well, if you ever build that and have two microphones, please invite me over. Oh, absolutely. So, okay, you're living next door to this dude. Then what? Did we even go past that? Um, No, I just found him with his wine. But anyway, we introduced ourselves. Yeah, we totally got off track. Um, And I always bring it back. I'm a pro. You do. I was good. I'm a pro. I was like, oh, yeah, that's where we were. Um, Yeah, so then we were like high bye friendly and then we just hit it off like right away and then together for four months and we were renting studio apartments next to each other and i said this is silly like it, i don't even know whose idea it was to move in together well I really two don't studio recall. apartments that's ridiculous it was ridiculous so we said all right let's look at something well i'm like let's go to hamilton he's like no <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I like, like the way you said that. No. No. Like, it was like, I'm not going back. And I was like, really? And, um, but it was me. It was my idea. Why? To, why? To move well, back here. I mean, I have my reasons. Why you? I just like the town because Chris's family's here. So, all the, I was a, a softball groupie, I'll call it. So, we spent all of our nights in Hamilton watching him play softball. His family was here. We come back for dinner and just being in the town. I, Got a good vibe from it, you know? And then when we decided, I'm like, let's let's go to Hamilton. And that's where we ended up. Yeah. yeah. Three, three, three kids later. Three kids. Three kids, an apartment, two houses. One Girl Scout troop. One Girl Scout troop. Let's talk Girl Scout because yeah. I'm not used to this stuff. I don't know about Girl Scouts. And <laughs> I've got a lovely warrior princess upstairs right now you who... Do. Please sell me on this. What do I do for this girl to make sure she has the best? Is it Girl Scouts? Girl Scouts is great. Um, we, uh, I can't even, as a kid, I loved it. I was in it probably for four or five years, and I couldn't do it because I, my parents were separated, so it was hard, and, um, you know, this one to take me this night, you know. So oh, you just couldn't get to I it. I just couldn't get to okay. it. Okay. So 
I remembered, though, like some of my friendships from there were like the best, right? And I looked forward to what I was doing every week. And I looked forward to seeing those people. And I looked forward to giving back. So, yes, I think um, being a Girl Scout gives you a lot now and in your future. You know, having a Girl Scout on your resume, it's kind of nice. But um, we are 14 kids deep. Is that good? It's great. We had 16 last year, and that was our first year. So it was like, okay. And we do what's called a multi-level troop. So we have girls ranging from kindergarten through fifth grade, and they're at all different levels. So we um, only stuck with the 14 this year because it was, it was a lot last year, but we kept it to our 14 this year, and we have three different groups. We have daisies, brownies, and juniors, and all the kids intertwine and meet together every two weeks. Um and really, like, their goals are what they want to accomplish. Yes, there's a structured, like, you need to earn your badges and you need to give back to the community, but we take it from them what they want to do. And Are their goals based off of a certain criteria that Girl Scouts provides, or is this just randomly anything in their own their lives? So we give them their mission, right? So we say, hey, this is Girl Scouts, this is the platform. These are all the badges you can earn. Right, and our goal is to get them to earn all the badges because you have to, in order to move up, you should earn every badge at that current level. So we give them structured ideas, but we pull them as far as like their interests. So we drive what they're working on towards what they love um, to keep the interest because some things, just like school, as you know, some things are much more like ugh than others. So you want to keep their interest, right? Right. So, so you know, for example, like they all are first aid. Um, certified. They've all done. Um, well, They're not certified. C- not certified. I was gonna say first aid. I no. could have certified. Them. I was first aid certified. I know. We should have had you do the class. How about that? I could have done that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, we have a lot of guest people in. If yeah. I could think of you in the future, I'll pretty good at in. working with kids too. So you know, I just know, uh, you know. Right? Brooke I'm actually took us to town hall for our um, legal government and community service badge. We went to town hall, and the mayor was kind enough to let Brooke Sacco take us around and give us a tour. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. And two other individuals from Town Hall. But the goal of Girl Scouts not only is just their earning badges, it's really about learning to be a strong, powerful, independent, self-driven leader. And that's what we instill in them. So they run their meetings. Like, we're, we're there, and we do do the behind the scenes. But they do their Girl Scout uh, pledge. They do the law. They do the Pledge of Allegiance. They lead us. In through the meetings and what's nice about working with a range of girls is that the fourth and fifth graders are there to assist the kindergarten and first graders and the second and third graders kind of hang in the middle and and go either way and they all work together as a cohesive unit so not only is it you know in school you're kind of segregated to your grade right but here they're learning to have to those fifth graders have to be patient with those kindergartners and those kindergartners have to learn how to deal with that like a little bit of nervousness with older kids and they all do it in a nice environment together so i love that as a montessori teacher i absolutely love that i always had that in my classroom i always thought that the little kids have a lot to learn from the bigger kids and vice versa Mm -hmm. so that's wonderful uh so let's get specific though so like sienna was she a girl scout brownie she's a brownie okay she was a daisy one year now she's a brownie so like what are her goals what are the things that she has accomplished well she has done she's earned a lot of her badges um at the brownie level they don't really do a special project um but they earn their so sienna has um goodness 
She's gone camping. She has um, focused on self. Um, and that, that was earned through identification of, like, here's an example. We did a My Best Self badge. And they had to participate in it, take a log for two weeks as to what type of exercises they did. And they were required <laughs> to do three days for that week, at I least a half that. an hour. And then they had to present the log. And then in that cla- in that session, we did matching. We divided all the girls up and we matched everything up from type of doctor to what they actually specialize in. And then we did some um, different ailments. So it was learning about, you know, your body. So it is stuff that they're kind of like, eh. But we incorporate the fun with it, too. Because not only when they handed in their exercise logs and we did this, like, you know, matching activity, we then did a yoga session at the end. I love that. I love the wide variety of skills you guys are showing these girls. Yeah. It's It's so, yeah, it sounds like there's no boundaries to it, you know. Yeah, we we do what we can for them. And if they're interested in something, we're going to make it work. I'm sold. There's two things I know for sure Sora Rain is going to do. One, she's going to learn to kick butt in martial arts. Mackenzie and Yates and Razor's Edge, she's going to all the martial arts schools and she's learned how to kick butt. Uh, and she's going to be a, what's the first one, Brownie? No. A daisy's da- the first one. She'll be a daisy. Kindergarten. Daisy mm-hmm. in kindergarten. Oh, my little girl. Yeah, look at that. I'm pretty excited. She'll get all those badges. Yeah, she'll get those badges. <laughs> Isn't it cool. crazy the difference with girls and boys? Uh, Well, I haven't seen too many differences yet because she's still only three months. I'm very excited to see those differences as as they come along, you know. uh, My boys are crazy. They are some wild boys. I am hoping she just holds it down and she's like, yo, boys, sit your butts down and listen. I hope she's a tough one. She needs to bring the balance. She needs the, we need some balance. (laughs) No, we're having a good time and um, I I think, I think we needed a girl in in that balance for sure. I was nervous it was going to be a boy. I'll be honest. I was like, oh, what are they going to do for boys? Oh my gosh. I knew. I I saw it. would have been blessed, but. For sure. Oh my God. For sure. Yeah. But I, I was looking in your eyes and ev- all the mom's eyes. They all looked at me like, uh-oh. Like, they all had that fear. I No, no. I think more than anything, I noticed they felt relief <laughs> once it was the girl. <laughs> I would have been happy either way. But, man, it, it does. It, it feels good to have, you know, daddy's little girl yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I'm sure your sure. husband can relate 1,000%. Mm-hmm. All the time. Yeah, yeah. So, um, have you ever heard of something called the chat pack? I have. Are you ready for the chat pack? I guess I'm ready. All right. All right, let's do it. I have five slips here. I'm going to let you choose one, and you can read it or I can. That's up to you. Oh, boy. This is what these little things look like. Yeah, for now. I'm going to have to get some new questions soon. If you were creating a top three list of your all-time favorite teachers, instructors, or coaches, which three mentors would make your elite list? Wow. I have, I've had so many good educators. But, um, and I'm not from here, so nobody knows any of these I know. People. Should I skip Isn't this question? So I thought funny? you, should I skip it or do you want to go with this? I mean, no one's going to know them, but it's okay. Okay. Because um, I'll tell you why. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> I had a teacher in second grade mrs hauser was her name um yeah that was second grade and that was a difficult time for me because i had um my parents were split 
when I was very young. So I didn't really come into it and realize it until like elementary school, like how bad it really stunk having divorced parents. Oh. And I remember that year having a really, really bad year. Just, you know, the back and forth, the schlepping. Yeah. Oh, Sorry. things falling Just down. Just your glasses, right? Just no big deal. Nah, whatever. Sorry. <laughs> I'm a mess. Um, yeah, so Mrs. Hauser, she was amazing because she was just a, a constant, you know, at a time where I was like, oh, my God, all over. Um, and I remember that. And I was, what, second grade, eight, seven, eight? You know, so that was that was probably my number one. Um, ooh, these are tough. So I had a college professor, Mr. Harris. I went to Temple. Um, I was a criminal justice major. And... He kind of sold it for me. I was, like, ready to leave. Like, I'm like, I don't think I really want to do this criminal justice thing. Like, this is boring. Because it was all paper, you know? So he, I went to him one day, and I was just like, I'm not getting this. This isn't sticking. And I remember him saying, like, all right, well, why don't you come work for my research project for me? And it was actually a juvenile justice uh, research project for kids who have left, like, programs in Philly. So it was an interview one-on-one researching and data gathering from different individuals that were scheduled to come in, which was fantastic because it was like, okay, it was more interactive. It wasn't just in a classroom. So he kept me interested, but I kind of geared towards juvenile justice at that time then. Um, So he kind of saved my college path because truthfully, you would have jumped your, what, second semester, third semester. You got to kind of start over again and extend your college education. So technically, he kind of saved my four years in and out. So I'm grateful for that. Have you thanked him for it? I, I have not talked to him, that professor. Probably in a good 10 years. I kept in touch with them all for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And then third. That's tough. But I will say another Temple actually experience. I'm not going to say young because Temple was a bit huge for me. Um, I worked for the Temple's Campus Safety and Security, and the um, deputy director there, Mr. Charles Leon, was phenomenal. I spent 30 hours a week with the Temple Department of Campus Safety Services, 30 hours, did my internship, did work, did ride-alongs, did, unfortunately, some crazy things. Um, what? Yeah. One what do you mean? No, not in a good way. Um, we had a... <laughs> I know. I was on duty with the officers one night, and we actually had a, um, a college student jump out <gasps> of one of the buildings, and I actually went with them. Yeah, but, <gasps> yeah, it was crazy. Did you see him? I saw him on the ground, yeah. I mean, I was in the, the um, you know, those little, like, guards, kind of like NJM has, like, those little stands, like this, but, but like, protected and covered. Yeah. No, you know what I'm talking about, like with the windows that yeah. are around it. Yeah. Like a security or a toilet. I, I don't almost. know what you call it, but yeah. Yeah, so I was in there. So they kept me in there. But I was on duty and they're like, you got to go. So I went and um, it was crazy. So what I learned from him, like he was actually there because it was such a big deal. And it was later at night, but it was such a big deal. He had to come back. And I remember him just being like, this is the kind of stuff you're going to see if this is what you're going to do. Mm. This is where, you know, you got you got to be able to do this. And I totally could do it. Like I said, I told you, if your arm's falling off, I'll so back on. But that kind of stuff doesn't freak me out. What, the worst part about that was was realizing that you couldn't help that person. 
There's nothing you could do. So in a way, it was kind of changed that he, as much as I loved the police department and the idea of going to the academy, I said to myself, I don't know that I would want to do something where I can't make a positive impact more often than not. Because you're, it's not like you're always dealing with happy things as a cop. So for me, it was like, do I want to be in this potential dark place 50% of my career? you know, for these terrible things, or do I want to change courses a little? And I changed courses. But he has been, he was like my first employer that, and wasn't even an employer, but the mentor that really just stuck with me. Um, wow. I, yeah. Really think, changed the course. Yeah, totally. I totally flipped courses. Wow. Yeah, totally. Wow. I was like, you know, I, I'm not sure that this is what I want to do anymore. Yeah. You know, I mean, you see it and you hear about it. And I am so grateful. It takes a completely special person to be an officer or to do anything in law enforcement. Any first responder is, is huge to me. And, you know, like, I think you either have it or you don't. And I, that was for me, like, I don't know that I could do that. I was saying to uh, Kevin Friel and Sean Grasso, I was like, guys, it's like we're doing the same thing. We're helping people but here i get so much love and like people who are happy to see me they have to deal with people who are lying to them and just mean to them and don't trust them on a regular basis and these are people they're trying to help absolutely so it's tough man it's a tough job and thank god they're out there absolutely our hamilton peeps do a great job yo and you do with the chat pack that was a darn good answer Uh, (laughs) i think you're forgiven for not saying any hamilton hamilton people yeah right thanks Jeez, that was a darn good answer (laughs) okay are you ready for your second question i am what is the funniest thing at least in hindsight that has ever happened to you on a trip do you go on many vacations nowadays don't nowadays um okay we can talk no way back um so on a trip are you kidding? Oh, is this a tough one, so too? No, it is. Oh, my like, gosh. Like, I am... The funny thing about me is that I'm pretty careful to not try and let funny things happen. Does that make sense? Like, I'm like... I try not to be klutzy. I'm very, like... You're very cognizant like about... I am. Because I'm like, oh, um, you're not going to put me on your show. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I get all... But you're on my show. I know I am. But, like, I don't... I, I'm not, like, I don't love this attention thing. So... Uh, <laughs> Are you struggling right now? So I am. Well, I'm trying to think if there's anything really that's been funny on a trip that's happened. No, but I'm finding this whole thing interesting because when I was a kid, I used to be very clumsy. I used to bump into everything, fall over in my chair all day long. And then one day, one day, I just decided, Sam, I don't want to be clumsy anymore. And that day forward... I stopped bumping into stuff. I haven't fallen out of a chair in 25 years, Kristen. Can you teach Sienna that, please? Yes. Have her come. We'll go through a a course. 25 years, I'll pick her up. See you later. (laughs) So so is that your answer that you just work too hard? You can't have. Yeah. I don't like to be embarrassed, right? Really? Oh, yeah. That's the worst feeling. No, it is not. Oh, my God. I don't like being embarrassed. For me, I don't like it. For me, I, I put myself out there all the time so that when I am embarrassed, it's like, well, he was embarrassed last week, so whatever. I get it. Well, totally. I, it, I mean, I don't care to put myself out there. I just don't like that feeling of being embarrassed. What like, I do, like, I'm like, I don't really care what people think of me. But, like, if I'm out there, you know, dressed as a clown, 
downtown and I trip and fall and like it's a big deal like that's embarrassing but like me dressed as a clown isn't does that make sense yeah no yeah. it does yeah tripping and falling on your face like something like you wouldn't you wouldn't just jump up and like play it off like <laughs> fancy feet tap dancing I don't know that's why I would just start tap dancing you probably would but see I'm not an improver I'm like oh my god I just fell and I'm in this big clown <laughs> costume and everyone knows it's me oh my god it's over yeah that's yeah me. see it okay but yeah, I don't know. I honestly cannot. And it's funny because I've literally gone on like maybe three or four trips in, in ten years. You know, this is hard because I loved your first episode, your first answer so much. I know, I'm it sorry. was so epic. I know. We got letdown. I have no more chat packs. I think you read them all. <laughs> the, the, what the people don't know is that I've just edited out all the other ones that you sent to skip. But what can I do at this point, I'm Kristen? I'm so sorry. I'm the worst. <laughs> I know. But, I, yeah, I'm not a... Uh... Okay. How about, you know, first question that comes to mind, if you don't have it, we give up. Are you ready? Go. If you could have one musician, one dead musician, come back to life and perform for you and your family, which musician would it be? Oh, well, sorry, kids. It's got to be Bob Marley. I knew you were going to say it. That. that was you? the one that came to my mind. Really? Yeah. 100%. Oh, that was totally One insane. second before you said it. Weird. Yeah. It's Bob. Yeah. We listen to Bob now all the time. Yeah. Kids love it. Why would you apologize to the kids for that? Oh, I don't know. I mean, like, they don't like... Don't worry about a thing, kids. No, Everything's going to be all right. It is. Mm-hmm. They might want that long hair, though. That's the problem. With the dreads? I used to have long hair, believe it or not. Did you? Oh, I'll send you a picture. It'll scare you. And... It- yeah. I have to ask you, did you pick it because you're balding or did you pick it because you were like, dude, I'm over this hair? Oh, I'm so balding. Are I'm you? balding hardcore. Yeah. You wouldn't go. be able to tell, obviously, but yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you don't remember me from two years ago? You no. knew me two years ago. I think I just never did a 180 around you. Oh. Big, fat, bald spot. Here? Yeah. I, I know someone like that. Yeah, I just got to shave it. shall remain nameless. All right. There's a lot of people. Like, what do you mean, one person? I see them all the time. You know what the sad part is? Is when you go. Uh, I have listeners right now who are listener. If you're listening to this right now and you've experienced this, shave your head. I, you go into a store and then you see that little TV screen showing that there's a security camera right behind you. <laughs> the light is on that bald spot. If you're that listener, take a take a razor. It's liberating. It's liberating. <laughs> That's awesome. How did we get here? I don't know. <laughs> Your shiny bald head. Your shiny bald head. It's blinding me. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, uh, do you have any bald friends or family that you would like to give a shout out to? Oh, bald friends or family. No, actually, I am going to give a shout out to somebody. Um, Speaking of balding, I have a friend who shaves their head every year for St. Baldrick's. Um, It's children's cancer uh, research. It's a great foundation. Um, anyway, they do a shave every year at Fado in Philly. Um, hi, Ida Hill. I love you and miss you. Um, I used to work with Ida when we became like fast friends. And, you know, she's like a second mom. But that being said, um, yeah, every year in March she shaves her head. So um, I'm actually considering doing <gasps> it in two years. Two years? Yeah, when I'm 40. Okay. Yeah. Whoa. Husband, I just disclosed to you I'm thinking about shaving my head. Wait, he doesn't I mean, know? I totally didn't tell him He yet. doesn't no. know. No, but You're I, dropping bombs here on the pillars. But I'm really, um, yeah, it's awesome cause. Raise money for childhood cancer. Yeah. Do the least I could do is shave my head, right? That's awesome. So, 
Stay tuned for two years. Very cool. <laughs> you rock. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. It was an honor. And if your kids are listening, guys, you rock.